Hi everyone, this is Shelly, aka The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier. Hey everyone. So I just got back from Los Angeles. I was at the Podcast Movement Conference, essentially one of the largest podcast conferences in the world. may actually be the largest. I'm not 100% sure on that, but definitely one of the largest. Had a great opportunity to speak at the conference. I actually got to test out my Hulk Hogan impression. Uh, so uh, I was talking about podcasting, of course, so I, I let uh, the impression uh, out along the lines of, hey, let me tell you about podcasting, brother. And so I got to share my Hulk Hogan, as I mentioned, impression uh, related to a shirt that I got done up that said the same words on it. Uh, So I had a great experience at the conference. And in addition to getting an opportunity to speak, also had a chance to meet with uh, a bunch of great podcasters. Uh, Our good friend, uh, JLD, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, had a chance to chat with John, had a chance to discover that I always said that he was a machine, but wow, I, I now and I'm going by memory, but I think he said the number was either 11 or 14 shows that he has uh, right now on uh, iTunes, or so at least 11 podcasts or 14 podcasts. I can't remember the exact number, so I'm just paraphrasing here. But uh, yeah, wow, color me blown away. I was amazed by that. So that's a lot of shows. Uh, we have two, and that's that's enough. Uh, so. Yeah, just crazy stuff. But also had a great opportunity to learn from a lot of uh, fellow podcasters in the uh, the rooms where uh, podcasters were facilitating workshops and and keynoting and all that kind of great stuff. Got a chance to uh, see Dan Carlin, who uh, has the show Hardcore History. I think he mentioned his last episode was listened to by twenty some million people. Crazy stuff. Uh, also had an opportunity to see the um, people that host the uh, or hosted the Serial Show with. Which, uh, and I may have these numbers incorrectly because I'm going by uh, memory and, and also in passing because a few things were shared at the same time. But I think the numbers were like 200 million listeners they just surpassed. <clears throat> Again, crazy, crazy stuff. But uh, the learning side, which was so powerful, brings me to uh, our guest today. Our special guest today is Kyle Wilson, who actually started Jim Rohn International back in 1993. And so if you're familiar with the, the late business philosopher Jim Rohn, who had so many great quotes, uh, so many great talks over the years. So Kyle actually was the the person that helped him start Jim Rohn International and even uh, owned uh, JimRohn.com and also your success store as well. And so uh, Kyle... Well, first of all, he he's so he's helped so many people. You know, we talk all the time about um, I love Zig Ziglar's quote, as everybody knows, that you can help, uh, you can get everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And I think Kyle lives this. I mean, he's constantly helping speakers share their message to an audience and and a powerful audience and in a powerful way. So, you know, love the work that Kyle's doing. So it was an honor to sit down with him. And, you know, speaking of Jim Rohn, who again, Kyle had worked with so closely, one of the things that Jim Rohn said, which relates, and this goes full circle back to what I was talking about, so they don't think this is all scattered and no connection at all. Uh, when I mentioned being at the podcast conference, I love learning what other podcasters are doing well 
And, you know, if they've fallen down manholes, I'm hoping that I can figure out what the ones they've fallen down. Maybe they can point them out for us uh, so that I don't have to fall down the same one. And uh, Kate Erickson, who's also with Entrepreneur on Fire, shared some great, as John would call them, John Lee Dumas, uh, call them value bombs during some of her talks. I've watched two of her talks at the conference. And so, you know, she, I guess, shared some clues that would, would help you I guess avoid a lot of mistakes that you might make in the podcasting world and start your podcast on the right foot. And so how, again, does this relate to Jim Rohn and Kyle Wilson? You know, I'm going to bring this all together. Well, Jim Rohn had this great quote, success leaves clues. And so once I heard this quote, it really impacted my life. I really started using it as often as I could and sharing it as often as I could so that other people could uh, just think about the fact that we can learn so much from other people and avoid those manholes I mentioned. And at the same time, I started using it myself, you know, reminding myself that I can learn from other people who've been down the roads and the paths that I want to travel down. Uh, so first of all, I wanted, you know, I wanted to just personally thank Jim Rome for that great quote, uh, success leaves clues, and for himself leaving so many clues for us while he was here with us. And at the same time, I think that's a great segue into our conversation, which is already in progress, with Kyle Wilson, who works so closely with Jim Rohn. Now, again, that might sound all scattered, but I hope you see the, the degrees of separation. You know, this is all sort of one degree of separation. And, and you can see how this all ties together, right? Jim Rohn shared this quote, success leaves clues. Kyle worked with uh, Jim uh, very closely. And, uh, and I get an opportunity at a podcast conference in LA both to share some clues that I've learned along the way and then also hear some clues that I could hopefully use to shorten my uh, my process as we continue down the journey of getting this show always on a regular basis to more people. So with that all said, I hope you're having an amazing day out there and I hope that you are... Um, enjoying life wherever you are and whatever terms you want to enjoy it on. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kyle Wilson. Really excited today to have a brand new first time guest with us. So Kyle Wilson, really excited to have you with us. And I guess probably the best starting point would be to get you to perhaps introduce yourself, Kyle, for those uh, listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time. Sure. Hey, good to be here, Corey. I guess most people know me through Jim Rohn. Uh, I guess you, you're familiar with Jim Rohn, right, Corey? Absolutely. Yeah, so I was Jim's 18-year business partner and, you know, have worked closely in that whole world of, uh, I, well, actually, I began as a seminar promoter going around the country filling up rooms, and I would book speakers like Jim and Brian Tracy and Ogmandino, and those were my events, getting 2,000, 2,500 people in the room. And um, eventually, Jim let it be known to me that uh, his partner that I was paying the money to owed him half a million dollars. And at some point in time, I said, hey, I think you're the best speaker in the world. I'm a pretty good promoter. And I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. So I started Jim Rohn International in 1993. And then from there, went from being a promoter to being an agent. And I worked with Jim and Dennis Waitley and multiple speakers and then started your success store. And that's where I created hundreds of products with the course with Jim, but also Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown, Ziegler, uh, my good friends, Darren Hardy, Robin Sharma, lots of people that I've worked with and collaborated with. So I've been more on the, the back end of the business where I'm the promoter, agent, publisher, published, you know, Tons of books, sold millions of books as a publisher. I've been more on that side of it, 
than the uh, talent, if you will. But um, doing a little bit of that as well. Wow. So I guess, Kyle, you know, maybe my first starting point would be what, from your perspective, you know, that's a, a really unique uh, position to be in and, and obviously a great opportunity to get to work with so many of the, uh, the great leaders of our time. Can you perhaps, I guess, share with us what are, if you maybe kind of, and I know this is a big question, but if you could maybe tell us what are two or three common traits you've discovered about these leaders are? Is that something you could share with us? Sure. You know, I, I asked you who the audience is, and you said you have entrepreneurs, and I love entrepreneurs. I actually did chicken soup for the entrepreneurial show with Arthur Hansen and Jack Canfield. Mark said, pick any topic, and I said, entrepreneurism, and, and that's what I consider myself. And when I look at people like Robin Sharma and Darren Hardy and Jim Rohn, they're entrepreneurs. They're, uh, for me, Corey, I've never been that impressed with just speakers that go out and speak. I, I want to know that you have a message that can make a difference in someone's life, that you're out creating something. I would always, people would come to me and say, hey, I want to be a speaker. And I'm like, go find a way to make, you know, seven figures a year with the business by serving people. And through that, once you succeed it, then you have something really valuable to share with the marketplace. So I think that's a, that's a common trait. Most of the people I've worked with have had success before they ever got on the platform. And, uh, and then they've, that success then created an audience. And through that audience, they felt they had a message to share. And in many cases, they did transition over. But when I think of like a Zig Ziglar, you know, Zig did not even become a speaker until his 50s. Uh, Jim Rohn did not really become a speaker until his 50s. They had already become successful in what they were doing and then transitioned over. Wow, I love that. And I have to say, uh, Kyle, that's something that we haven't heard on the show. And, and actually, I can say within the interviews that I've done over the years. So to put that in a little bit of perspective, I'm now probably approaching very close to 5,000 personal interviews. And with some of the, the legends that you mentioned, like Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Hanfield, and I haven't actually heard that before. That's, that's such a, a cool perspective. I, I never thought of it until you said it, about how some of these top leaders didn't actually start as speakers, but it was actually after they created a lot of success in another area that they transitioned over. Absolutely. Love that. And so I guess, Kyle, you know, if, if, if we talk about, because I, I talk about these sort of top traits, but if we talk about traits a little further, are there also some habits that you may see these people that you've worked with over the years that, that maybe do a little differently, something they do differently that sets them apart, whether that's related to productivity or just daily habits that you've noticed? As I'm thinking about that, Corey, I really do see the uniqueness of each one. You know, Jim was very unique. Uh, Brian Tracy was very unique. Mark Victor Hansen, very unique. Darren Hardy, very unique. I, I could tell you what makes them different I can't so much tell you what makes them the same. And, and I think that's, that's kind of cool. It's like as a, as a marketer, as a promoter, as an agent, I always would have to find what makes them different and build a plan around it. I, I called it my strategic will. And what I built out for Jim Rohn was totally different than what I did with like a Dennis Waitley. And it really is based on what I call your secret sauce. You know, you got to discover what it is, your secret sauce. You got to know what your core business is. And then you have to build a plan around that. So, yeah, Jim was just very different than Brian. I mean, 
Jim was a philosopher. He had already been through it all. He observed, he learned, he never got nervous or upset. You know, he was, he was uh, all about lifestyle. Brian Tracy's the ultimate learner, the ultimate researcher, incredibly ambitious. Uh, you know, he, he's all about just doing the numbers. Mark Victor Hansen's one of the great visionaries I ever met. I remember Mark told me in 1994, I, I brought Mark on to be the opening, or we would do Jim Rohn two days, and I brought Mark on to be the second day, the morning speaker. And that's when he and I did the chicken soup for the entrepreneurial soul. That's when he offered it. And Mark told me back then they were on their second chicken soup book. He said, we're going to sell a hundred million books. And at the time they'd sold maybe 2 million. And I thought that's crazy, Mark. You know, there's no way you'll even do 10 million. And that would be amazing if you did. And they ended up doing 500 million. So what made Mark great was he was just a big thinker. You know, he, he, he always saw outside the box. Darren Hardy just, you know, has really lived the compound effect like he talks about. He, he, he has made it count ever since he was age 19. He just hits his numbers every day. He's Mr. Consistent. And yet he's a good marketer. He's, he's smart. He's a phenomenal speaker. So they all have different combinations of things. So to me, interesting enough, I like to look at what makes them different. So that's just how I've always kind of seen it. I, I don't see the commonality as much as the differences. So I guess then, Kyle, have you ever, and I don't even know if you've ever considered this, or, but have you ever sort of identified what made you want to work uh, on the promotion side and on the, you know, on the event side and, and that side of things as much as on the other side? Because it seems that so many people uh, these days want to sort of be the spotlight or at least in the spotlight. So I'm curious, uh, what do you feel kind of, is there something you can see that sort of that drew you that way? Is there something that drew you to that? Or have you always kind of been uh, someone who liked to promote other people and help share their story? Or is there something you can kind of, I guess we'll say, uh, center and say that's how it all happened? Yeah, I can, I can answer both questions because the, what got me in it, I was an entrepreneur. I, my first business was actually a detail shop. You know, I grew up in a small town, never went to college, had a little detail shop, eventually it was a service station. Then before you know, at age 23, I had 10 employees and we're open 24 seven. And again, a small town ended up moving to Dallas when I was 26, chasing a girl. And I accidentally got in the seminar business. I went to work for a guy who taught me how to go, you know, make cold calls and put myself to go speak at meetings to then sell tickets for a seminar. And I was promoting a couple of guys no one had ever heard of. But eventually that led to me starting my own business, getting a couple of hundred people in a room and eventually getting a couple of thousand people in the room and then being able to hire a Jim Rohn and a Brian Tracy and Og Mandino and people. So to me, that was a legitimate business model. I was a pure entrepreneur. I was doing what I was good at. What's different today is there really isn't a lot of room for a middleman. Like if some, someone was calling me last week and they're doing some big event and they're going to sell people on becoming a promoter. And I, I'm like, I don't believe in it. I really don't. I, I think, I think, you know, whether it's publishers or the music industry record labels uh, now with obviously with the internet and with the, how the games changed, what I would have done back in those days. Now what people do is they, they've turned it into a, uh, you know, how to become type product. And so it, it's hard. One of my 
quotes is the talent always wins. So if you look at any rock band, if you look at any, uh, and I could name even speakers out there who begin with partnerships, and when those partnerships split off, the, the talent won and the, the person filling up the room did not. So out of necessity today, you have to have your own brand. And I do. I have a mentoring program. I have an inner circle with amazing people. I have music winners, uh, TV hosts that have Emmys. We, we have amazing people in that inner circle. But it's, uh, again, I, and I do have online programs. I have three or four membership sites, but I'm not out pushing that so much because you're competing against so much stuff out there that has a lot of hype to it. And I'm not a, I'm not a hype person. So I, I attract the people I attract and I, I, I tell people being an entrepreneur is hard. That's hard work. Uh, succeeding in online business is hard work and I built a million plus list. So it's not like I'm talking from something I don't know, uh, but it's difficult and there's things there's things you have to do and, and it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. You have to really get down to why you're doing it, what's your reasons, what's your purpose. And once you establish that and you have patience, you know, Jim Rohn said the two killers of success are patience or, or greed and impatience. And so once you really know why you're doing it and you're committing to being successful, uh, then you're more likely to get there. So I've had to transition, Corey. So what happened with me, I don't even know if you know this, I sold all my companies. So I own Jim Rohn International, your success store, uh, messages from the masters, all these different companies. I sold them all in late 2007 to the same company that was buying success. And, uh, and so I had a five-year non-compete con five and went and became a Mr. Mom and totally retired thought I was totally done. I was going to do investments and things like that. And um, just slowly but surely, I got my appetite back to do what I'm doing and did this big Brian Tracy three-day event last year where we did the 20-year anniversary of a program called the Success Mastery Academy, a, a program Brian and I co-created in 1996. And Darren Hardy came and Vic Johnson came. We, we had some amazing speakers that joined me, good friends. And so that kind of got my appetite going again. Um, but I realized you can't just go be a promoter. I'm doing events now with other people, but I also have to have my own back end to make it work. So I, I literally did get rich as a promoter back in those days, but uh, they have to have your own message. I don't think you can just be the middleman. So such a, such a great point, Kyle. And, and I mean, I guess that raises a, a you know, follow-up question in terms of the world that we're in today, you know, based on and you working with a lot of people that have been able to sort of cut through the noise and then yourself having to cut through that noise as well. You, you mentioned the fact that there's so many people competing for that same pie today. And not only that, the ease of entry. I mean, it's so much easier to compete. What do you think it takes for a person today to stand out versus what it took perhaps whenever you first started? Uh, it's a good, good question. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, the pendulum is constantly changing, right? It's like I had the good fortune of when the internet came around, I was already doing really well. So that's how I was able to build the million plus list and do extremely well and sell all my companies. To get into it today, I think, you know, the biggest challenge and the thing you have to solve no matter what kind of business you have is you have to build an audience. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make 
is they think they can take cold traffic and make it into warm and hot traffic overnight. And that's really not the keys to successful business. The key to a successful business is being able to, uh, you know, build a relationship and eventually have, ad, you know, turn your customers into advocates. And I feel like, you know, Jim Rohn, we had that little, I came up with this little Jim Rohn quote book in 1993. It had a two gram. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but we moved 6 million of those. And that was a viral marketing tool because we had a relationship with our customers and turned customers into advocates. So I think in today's world, the majority of people I see get faked out by thinking clever marketing is how you get cold traffic to, to become warm traffic and then hot traffic, but they never get the advocates. They never get the, the audience that's going to stay with them versus building a true brand, building a true product. So I think the biggest challenge for people I see is they're buying into a lot of bad marketing hype. They, they think the way to go build a business is based on a lot of things being sold out there versus good sound advice on that will help you build a long-term audience. You know, there's no way you can make a, a plant grow faster than it's going to grow, right? There's a gestation period to everything. And with online, we get faked out to think, you know, I can automatically create a business and uh, create a quick income versus, you know, the, the reality of the time it takes to actually build something to quality. You know, you're going to plant a vineyard and have wine. It's going to take some time. And that's, the I think, the biggest challenge I see is they're just faked out because of all the noise. And so you've mentioned a couple of times the importance of relationships and, and advocates and, and working with people that perhaps are working toward a similar goal. And you've mentioned that it, it's perhaps even more important now even on the promotion side you're seeing. So what you look at, I mean, the relationships that, that I see that you've built and you've shared some of them, I mean, you're probably in a small number of people that have built relationships with those same leaders, thought leaders, speakers, what have you, and work with them directly. So what do you see, Kyle, that it takes to build these longstanding relationships in a time where people, like you said, want it maybe, want it yesterday? Yeah, a couple of things on that, Corey. One is, if you want to be successful, you have to learn to bring value to the marketplace. He said, if you want to become wealthy, you have to learn to bring value to valuable people. And learning to create things that bring value. You know, a lot of people are focused on networking. I'm not really big into networking. I'm big into how can I bring value to the people I want to work with. So I think there's a couple of ways you can do that. One is you can create your own platform uh, that you can then help bring other people in. Um, I work with uh, some different people who are highly successful in what they do. And there's always that temptation to immediately go into an online business. And oftentimes I say, why don't you start with just gathering a group of 10, 20, 30 people, make it special, invite some of your special friends in and start serving this group. And that's what I did. I started this inner circle a couple of three years ago. And literally I give that credit to filling up my Brian Tracy three-day event last year is I went and I nurtured about 50 people. I have 25 in Dallas, 25 in LA at the time. And I just started serving them. I started spending time with them and I would bring in cool guests. I mean, Mark Victor Hansen did a private mastermind at my house. Phil Collin of Def Leppard, one of only five bands that sold hundred million albums. Phil's an amazing guy. And he and I worked on a project called Rockstar Fitness. He's vegan. He's this amazing fitness guy. 
and uh, did a private mastermind at the house. Uh, having special people like that just come show up. When I did the Brian Tracy, I really took care of my people and made sure I had private receptions with, with Brian and Darren and Bellatoro McNeil and Ron White and, and some of the speakers. And so that's how I nurtured that group. And so oftentimes I tell people, before you run into a, a rush into an online business, is if you're a coach, is there a local community you can start serving and gathering people together? When you gather people together for three hours or half a day or a full day, something starts to happen, something starts to change. And so that's called an investment you're making, but you know, that investment's gonna come back. And then you have to be patient. Don't expect one event to change everything. But uh, I, I could tell you stories on this of just people right now I'm working with that started doing this and the massive success it's created after a year. And, and yet it was something they enjoyed doing and they were actually cultivating relationships. So to me, I've always been, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, but you know, you hear about hunting versus fishing. I've always been a fisherman. I'm always trying to put something out that other people will want. And so, you know, when you go fill up a large room, you know, Les Brown came to me, Mark Victor Hansen came to me. I was doing Jim and Brian. I didn't go chase them. They came to me. When you build a huge online audience, people come to you wanting to, you to sell their products. So I think I attracted a lot of it by building platforms that had value. Wow. So this totally speaks to me, Kyle. And, and something that you had said as well that I think is a, maybe a lesson for uh, people that are saying, how do you make this happen? And, and it, it, part of it involves them getting away from it happening overnight. But even when I was going through your lessons from experts at Page, I noticed that there's, you know, I'm going to say maybe about 15 to 20% of them are people that we've had on the show that I've sort of built somewhat of a relationship with and it's been through this show, but goes back to the point you mentioned about longevity because this show we've been going now, we're going into our sixth year. And as, as you, you've probably seen Kyle, there's a lot of podcasts and radio shows, online radio shows that last three or four months. And then they, you know, they, they stay up online, but you look at the dates and you realize they haven't broadcast anything in years. So a lot of people think podcasting as an example is the quick way to do it or YouTube videos. But once they realize how much work it takes to be consistent and actually build the relationships and build the trust over time, I find a lot of people drop at the wayside. So going back to what Darren Hardy talks about in the compound effect, the idea of the, the tortoise, um, you know, basically um, always beating the hare if they stay in the race. I think that's a big, big part of it. And it's something you mentioned, the idea of longevity and building this trust over time and not expecting it to happen in five minutes. A thousand percent. That's totally it. And, and again, what I think the reason people think they can go do a podcast and make millions and be outrageously successful is there's just a lot of BS in the marketplace being sold. I see so much bad strategy that people do only because they bought a course and that whole course was developed to sell, to have something to sell. It wasn't actually created by someone that's even done it successfully oftentimes. And so I'm not a fan of a lot of stuff that's sold out there because I think way too much is created just with the purpose of selling something versus, like I said in the beginning of the show, I want people who have actually done it. That's who I want to hang out with. And um, it, it does bother me because I think it's not just people wasting money. Oftentimes they're going the wrong direction. They're doing things that cost them. It's almost like the difference between getting in network marketing 
and going after your first hundred friends, you know, the first three days versus looking at it long-term and building relationships. One can actually be harmful and devastating when you look at it from a five-year perspective. And one could actually be the key to building amazing relationships and an amazing income. So Kyle, and, and you know, I know today we're barely scratching the surface. Uh, with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued and then we can uh, see if that works for you down the road. But as we wind down, I just have a couple of quick questions that we like to ask each of the guests we bring on the show. Uh, so these are the only kind of quote unquote formal <laughs> questions. But um, the, our show is called Conversations with Passion. The word passion now I, I've seen over the last few years has been a positive and negative in people's minds, mainly because it's overused. So some people don't like the term as much anymore. But if we use the term passion or purpose or your calling or whatever word or your why, whatever word a person wants to put on it, my question out of that is, do you think it's important for somebody to discover their purpose or passion or whatever that might be if they want to be successful? Or do you think they can just you know, run a business, let's say, because they like running businesses? Or do you think they should be doing something they're passionate about? I think there's a variety of answers. I mean, some people are so clear on their passion and their purpose. And other people like, my, like myself, I was more driven by, you know, Jim Rohn said, you have to have reasons. And you listed five different categories of reasons. And I was driven by my reasons, Corey. And, you know, one of the things I always say is we learn by doing. So, you know, I had to learn how to do the seminar business. I had to learn to be an agent. Then I had to learn to create products. Then I had to learn to figure out the internet. Then I had to learn to publish books and then eventually you know, manage employees and then sell the company and profit sharing. And I had to learn it all as I went. And that, I can't say I had this driving passion. I didn't know who Jim Rohn was. So it's not like I thought, wow, I want to partner with Jim Rohn and run Jim Rohn International. I didn't even know who he was. I was, you know, nowhere close to that, that industry. So sometimes I think people looking for their calling and passion is overrated. Certain people know I want to be an actress. I want to be in the Olympics. I want to play in the NFL when they're four years old, but oftentimes people don't, they stumble on it. And I'll just submit to you to say how I got to where I'm at. There's no way I could have ever planned that. So I think my passion was I want it to make good money. I want it to make a difference. You know, I want it to have a good spiritual life. I want it to uh, be at my best. You know, there's all these variety of things at work. And then you create some positive momentum and you have goals and, uh, you know, having a family. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big reason right there to get up early, stay up late. You know, there's all these different things. And one of the big reasons for me eventually became – to have a seat at the table. I mean, at some point in time, it's like, okay, I want to, like Jim Rohn and I had a handshake for 10 years. It was built on value. I wanted to keep the value going. I wanted to uh, continue to work with the best people. Sometimes that's it, right? So I can't say I had this specific vision or calling, but there were a variety of things that moved me. And, you know, once you kind of get the ball rolling, that can be exciting. So I, I think I see, you know, all different scenarios that work for different people. But I do think some people get way too hung up on thinking they have to know what it is. And I'd say absolutely, that was not my story. My story is I couldn't, could have no way predicted any part of my story. Wow. So Kyle, my last sort of official question, and then I just want to ask you how 
listeners can learn more and, and connect with you further. But my last official question is simply, if you were able to sit across from an 18-year-old Kyle and give him one or two pieces of life advice based on what you've learned in all these years since, what do you think you might tell him? Oh, that's a really, <laughs> that's a really good question. Uh, maybe to do less drugs. Uh, I used to be a drug dealer, Corey. Um, no, I, I, I changed my life at age 19. I had a significant emotional experience that caused me to go in a whole different direction. Thank goodness. Um, but I, you know, I think for me, things get so busy, so hectic. You have so much going on. You have so many people bringing good ideas and it's so tempting. And even though you say no 50 times, there's that one yes. I would say set aside two hours every morning, uh, you know, and, and use that. I have the good fortune in my world to say, I won't take an appointment before one o'clock. So every day up until one o'clock, I'm working on my own stuff. And hopefully the first two hours it is, you know, journal, prayer, reading, meditation, whatever. Right. And that, that, but for the most part, I try and give myself the first half of the day to work on my own projects without outside interruption. So I think it, I tell an 18 year old, Take care of yourself, grow yourself. Uh, you know, yes, work hard, yes, learn, let's, yes, do all that, but also give yourself um, some nurturing and, and that time alone. Wow, love that, Kyle. And, you know, that kind of rings similar to what um, Jack Hanfield, when I had him on the show and asked him, what's the, you know, he has the book, The Success Principles. And I thought, it's kind of unfair to ask him for one, but I still asked anyway. I said, what's the one? that you would do, Jack, if you could only do one of them, meaning what's, you know, the, what's the one that's most responsible for your success. And he shared that it was his hour of power. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that's so similar in the sense that he dedicates the first hour to feeding his mind, his body, and his spirit. And, you know, they, they say, obviously, that uh, there's commonalities among people that enjoy success. So, so I, you know, I think there's something to be taken from that to be able to, if you can, dedicate that first hour or two to personal or self-development or spiritual development or whatever that looks like for you. So I love that. Absolutely. So Kyle, my, I promised the, the very last question would simply be, how can we learn more? So where would you direct people if they wanted to learn more about you? You know, a, a half an hour interview is not a lot of time to learn everything about Kyle. So where would you send them if they want to learn more? Yeah. Two quick things, kylewilson.com. And also I have a free ebook. It's called 52 lessons. I learned from Jim Rohn and other legends. And it's one, it's, you know, Les Brown. It's all these one-on-one stories of collaborating uh, with different people. And some of my takeaways, my ahas, of course, it's got a lot of Jim Rohn lessons, but you know, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, of course, Mark, Victor Hansen. And to get that, the best way is to go to five, two, lessons from jimrohn.com so 52 lessons from jim rohn j-i-m-r-o-h-n.com hey everyone hope you enjoyed the episode love to hear your feedback if you wanted to let us know what you think of today's episode we would love to hear it so feel free to send us an email at conversations with leaders that's with an S, so that's plural. Conversations with leaders at gmail.com. And again, let us know what you think of today's episode. What did you love about it? What were your big takeaways? What would you like to see us add? Again, conversations with leaders at gmail.com. Love to hear what you think. 
Well, that's all, folks. That's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to ibtradeshow.com. Engage Leadership. Go to in-gaged.ca. Permadry. Guaranteed solutions for leaky basements. Go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes. Your site for great service. Sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning. Never stop learning. Go to oxfordlearning.com. Smile Dog. Your receptionist. Go to smiledog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion. <laughs>